We are less than a month away from the 2023 MLB All-Star Game in Seattle. And the Orioles have had a great season. But does it mean they're going to get a lot of All-Stars this year? We're trying to figure that out coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Tuesday, June 13th, 2023, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and coming up on today's episode, we're going to take a look at the all-star cases for some of the Orioles' best players so far this year. Why the guys like Adley Rutschman and Felix Bautista might be locks at this point, why some other guys like Austin Hayes are on the fence, and could a guy like Yenye Cano get to the All-Star game in his first full big league season? But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So we're less than a month away. From the MLB All-Star Game, July 11th in Seattle at T-Mobile Park. And we just got on Monday the first updates of the All-Star voting numbers. Now, you can vote, I think, up to five times a day on MLB.com, so make sure and go vote for the Orioles. Unfortunately, it's still mostly voting that gets players into the starting spots. It's not a great way to do it, but that's how MLB does it. That's the system we have at this point. But you can help vote the Orioles in. And the O's had one leading vote getter so far, and that is Adley Rutschman, who is leading all American League catchers in votes. Actually has a sizable advantage already over Jonah Heim, the Rangers catcher who's in the number two spot, actually a former Orioles catching prospect. And Adley looks like he's going to go to the game. But I wanted to take a look at the other Orioles, because the O's had five All-Stars back in 2016. You know, that year was awesome for the Orioles, but they really haven't had a year like that at all since where they had a big representation in the all-star game that could change here in 2023 the Orioles with a 41 and 24 record one of the best teams in all of baseball they're going to get recognized in Seattle this year but the question is who is going to represent them so we'll start by going through the hitters that have a chance then the pitchers who have a chance and finally finish things off with a little bit of bullpen trust power rankings for the first time in a couple of weeks here on the pod. But let's start with the Orioles hitters, and let's start with the guy who I think is the biggest stone-cold lock as long as he stays healthy for the next month. That is Adley Rutschman, who as the voting came out Monday, as I mentioned, the number one vote-getter of all American League catchers. Adley's been great this year. Among all AL catchers with at least 100 plate appearances, Adley is fourth in batting average at 274. His 390 on base and his 16.3% walk rate both lead all American League catchers. He's second in Fangraph's war at 1.6, trailing only Jonah Heim, who's having an amazing season in Texas. His 800 OPS is second, and his 126 WRC plus is the best of any AL catcher, which basically means he's been the best hitter among AL catchers. Now, his defensive numbers have been a little down. He's mostly been slightly above league average in most of those cases. That's why his war is not higher at this point. But it's still been an amazing season. And with Adley being kind of the household name among American League catchers, there's not a lot of big names out there. Really, Salvador Perez is the big name. 
it seems like Adley and the early voting is showing with him having a sizable lead in the first voting update. It feels like he's going to be the guy. And now, last year, the American League carried only two catchers on the All-Star team. The NL had three, so there's a possibility of getting three catchers. But it feels like there's a pretty clear top two. I mean, Adley Rutschman and Jonah Heim, Heim who was an All-Star last year, are clearly one and two in terms of American League catchers right now. You could make an argument that maybe Salvador Perez of the Royals has been good enough this year to be a third catcher, but... I know we've caught, you know, almost a month before the game. I just feel like as long as these two guys stay healthy, it's going to be Adley and Jonah Heim. And even if somehow Adley doesn't win the fan vote, which looks like he's going to, and Heim wins it, I mean, Adley's going to be a stone-cold lock for the number two catcher on the team. So he is going to be in his first All-Star game in his first full season. That is awesome to see. Now, the questions beyond that are, are there any other Orioles hitters? The O's offense right now, just kind of slightly above league average, kind of ranking around 12th-ish in most categories. So the big name we have to talk about first is Austin Hayes, because he's been the name that has continuously been brought up about, has he been good enough to be an all-star? We had this conversation around this time last year, where Hayes was playing great, and then basically after June ended, basically after he hit for that cycle against the Nationals last June, Hayes just kind of fell apart, didn't make the All-Star team, and was horrible down the stretch. Now, you know, if you've read some things about his approach and looked at how he's healthier. It generally seems like he's not going to hit as big of a decline this year. But the question is, can he get to the All-Star game? Here's where Hayes ranks. Among all American League outfielders with at least 150 plate appearances this season, Austin Hayes has a 128 WRC+. That is 11th among all American League outfielders. He's 18th in war at 1.3. Now, he is first in batting average at 301. He's the only AL outfielder hitting over 300. So that will help him a little bit, but in 2023, not going to help you nearly as much. He's 11th in OPS at 830. And basically all is that to say he has a chance, but right now, if you know the voting ended today, I don't think Hayes would make the all-star team. Now, last season, eight outfielders were all-stars in the American League. So basically, he's got to be a top eight guy. And there could be more depending on if somebody's injured. You know, Aaron Judge is going to be a shoe-in, but maybe that toe injury just keeps him out. And so, you know, somebody new comes in and takes the spot. That could totally happen. But in terms of guys who are going to be the starters right now, it seems like Aaron Judge, Jordan Alvarez, and Randy Arozarena are kind of put right there as the guys who should be the starters, at least statistically. Now, after that, there is a whole crop of outfielders, with Austin Hayes included, that would have a chance here. You're looking at a couple of the Rays guys. You know, do they play enough? Josh Lowe and Luke Rayleigh have had great seasons. Brent Rooker of the A's has cooled off recently, but he could still be the Athletics' only representative, and that could hurt Austin Hayes. Like There could be a situation where it comes down to Brent Rooker and Austin Hayes, and because the Athletics don't have another all-star, the spot has to go to Rooker. That could, that could totally happen. That's something to watch here. Masataki Yoshida has been really good for the Red Sox. Of course, you got Mike Trout not having an amazing year, but still having a good year. Jared Kelnick's been good for the Seattle Mariners. Luis Robert for the White Sox. Adolis Garcia of the Rangers. Alex Verdugo. Riley Green for the Tigers. These have all been guys who have a chance. And I really do think besides Judge Alvarez or Rosarena, who I think all three locks, whether they're starters or not, they're going to be on the team. It feels like you have like 10 more outfielders for five spots right now. 
So what that means for Hayes is, although I wouldn't put him in right now, I wouldn't put him in the top eight at this moment, he's got a couple more weeks to push himself up there. And there's not a huge discrepancy between a guy like, I don't know, Yoshida and Hayes right now trying to get into the All-Star game. So he could push his way there. He's got to get hot here over the next couple of weeks, but he could push his way there. He's currently 18th in voting in the American League, so he's probably not going to get voted in as a starter. It's going to have to be the managers and the players putting him in there. But the one other outfielder that I didn't mention that would have a chance as well is Cedric Mullins. Now, it obviously hurts him because he is hurt right now with that groin injury. We know that on Sunday he kind of resumed baseball activities. He's down in Sarasota. So Mullins is starting the process of getting back. But if he doesn't at least return and play a little bit before they decide on the All-Star team, so by like you know the end of June... He's just not going to have a chance because even though his numbers are good, if you miss basically the entire month leading up to when the All-Star teams are announced, there's very little chance you make the team. He's 20th in voting right now. You know, they they show the top 20 outfielders. He was 20th in voting. He's not going to get voted in. So he's going to need to get back on the field by late June to even have a chance here. But the numbers so far speak for themselves. I mean, despite the injury... Mullins still has more plate appearances than Aaron Judge does this year, and Judge is going to be a lock, it seems. Now, Judge will probably be back before Mullins does, at least with Judge's toe injury, but Mullins has been at the plate more times than he has, so he's still played a lot despite the injury. He's 10th in war among American League outfielders with at least 150 plate appearances at 1.8. He's 8th in WRC Plus at 133. He's 4th in stolen bases with 13. His 835 OPS is 10th. He's got a chance, like those numbers... Pretty much everything besides average, those numbers across the board are better than Austin Hayes. And if Mullins was healthy right now, I think he'd be an all-star. But because he's not, I think he kind of settles in right around where Austin Hayes is right now, where I don't think he's in the top eight. But if he comes back healthy and plays a little bit before these teams are decided, or even plays enough before the game where if there's an injury replacement or someone doesn't decide to play in the game and they have to fill in a spot... He could still play his way in there, but he's got to get back to healthy. And now that is the last thing on the Orioles and Mullins' mind is getting him back healthy enough, early enough to play in the All-Star game. That's They don't care about that at all. They care about him getting back healthy and staying healthy for the remainder of the season where he's going to hit leadoff for hopefully an Orioles team that plays in the postseason. But it would be a nice perk for him, you know, after starting the All-Star game in 2021 and having that great year to come back and do it again this year, really solidify how good he is. It could happen. But he's going to have to come back fairly soon, and and we will see if Mullins can do that. Now, the other guys in the voting who showed up in the top 10s in AL position-wise on Monday, Ryan Mountcastle was 8th among first basemen, Adam Frazier 8th among second basemen, Jorge Mateo 8th among shortstops, and Ramon Arias was 10th among third basemen in the American League. None of those guys are making the team. Second base is a little weak, but Adam Frazier has kind of cooled off recently. None of those guys are making the team, but it's at least cool to you know see him on the voting in the top 10. But what I'll say is Adley Rutschman is the lock. Mullins and Hayes have a chance among the hitters. Among the pitchers, I would say it's kind of a similar thing where there's one lock for the Orioles and two guys who maybe have a chance. So we'll talk about who those three players are coming up after this. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by Game Time. Now, if you're someone who, like me, likes to buy tickets maybe at the last moment, you don't want to plan out, you maybe just want to go to the ballpark one night and get your tickets fast and right before the game. 
Well, Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the games you want to go to, including the Orioles. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets, and with their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets, start getting hyped for all the fun you'll have. And I, just over the weekend, went to two baseball games via tickets from Game Time. Got pretty cheap seats to go to the Cardinals game when I was in St. Louis. Saw Bush Stadium for the first time on Friday night. It was a beautiful ballpark. Got $10 tickets on game time. Bought them the morning of the game. Then on Sunday, had a friend ask me, hey, you going to the O's game? Wasn't even thinking about it. Then said, you know what? I'll meet you there. 135 game. Bought tickets on game time for $3 at 1.15 p.m. Got there in the third inning by the time I got myself together and enjoyed the Orioles smacking the Royals to complete the sweep. That's how easy it is at game time. You buy the tickets instantly, instantly. They are on your phone, and you get a good price right before the game as well. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So we're talking the MLB All-Star Game, which is now less than a month away, and which of the Orioles will get there? Among the hitters for the O's, as I talked about, Adley Rutschman's going to be there. Hayes and Mullins, they have a chance. On the pitcher side, it's kind of a similar thing, where there is one, as long as he stays healthy, stone-cold lock for the Orioles, and that is Felix Bautista. He has been the best reliever in the American League this season, full stop. He's going to the All-Star Game. Bautista this year, among all qualified American League relief pitchers, which is at about a 20-inning cutoff right now, he's got tied for the best F-war with one of his teammates, who we'll get to later, at 1.4. 17 saves is third in the American League. His 1.16 ERA is fourth. His 1.63 FIP is first. His unbelievable 50.8% strikeout rate is first. 10% better than the second-best reliever in that category, the right-hander Matt Brash of the Mariners, and his 147 batting average against is third. He has been incredible. He's gotten better as the season's gone on after he was a little shaky in April, and remember, he still won AL Reliever of the Month in April, and he was a little shaky. It's just been ridiculous to watch him. The splitter's been back. The command, he finally found it in May, and he just continued in June. The fastball's unhittable right now. He's got to be an all-star. Now, I don't know if the American League would go to him if it's a save situation in the ninth. I don't know if the he becomes the guy that they go to there that, you know, Dusty Baker calls on in that spot. But he's going to be on the team. He's been that good. There's really not much of a question, especially when you consider that six relief pitchers made the AL All-Star team last year. Even if you argue Felix isn't the best reliever in the American League, He's so easily one of the top six. I mean, he's so easily one of the top three that it's just, it's no question he's going to the All-Star game. Now, I know a lot of people want to see an Adley-Felix hug to close out the All-Star game, and that would be great. However, Adley's probably going to be the starting catcher, so he's going to be out after the fifth inning. It's going to be somebody else, you know, Jonah Heim or Salvador Perez back there or something. Maybe they'll give Felix a hug anyway if he does close it out, but that probably won't happen because Adley will start, but it's because of a good thing because Adley's going to probably start the game. Now, the much more interesting case out of the Orioles' bullpen is Yenye Cano. Because he's been amazing, but he's slumped a little bit lately, and he's not a closer. And whenever you're not a closer, it makes it that much harder to make the All-Star team. It's not impossible. 
couple non-closers made it last year. Michael King being the most notable of them from the Yankees. Remember Brad Brock made the team a couple of years ago as an Orioles non-closer. That 2016 year I mentioned, he had like a .6 ERA at the All-Star break. So it can happen when you're dominant, but you got to be really dominant as like a setup man to not be a closer and get into the All-Star game. But as baseball has evolved, become more relied, relying on the bullpens over the last decade or so, you'll see at least one non-closer and sometimes two non-closers on every All-Star team. So it happens. Yenya Cano, among qualified AL relievers, second in ERA, 1.06, tied with Felix for first in F4 at 1.4. That's phenomenal if the Orioles have the top two guys in their bullpen. Fifth in FIP at 1.86. His 3% walk rate is fourth lowest in the American League among relievers. And he has the second highest ground ball rate at 66.3%. And the other kicker is he's thrown 34 innings, which is the fifth most of any American League reliever. So all of that plus the innings that he's thrown... He's throwing a high percentage of innings. That's why the war is so high and the innings help him out there as well. So with Cano, you really have to dig a little deeper. Let's assume six relievers like it was last year. Felix is one of them. Then there's kind of a hodgepodge of guys who could make it. It's kind of really interesting to look at the rest of this group. I think Carlos Estevez, the closer for the Angels, is going to get in there. He's also got 17 saves like Felix. He's got a 1.6 ERA like Felix. He's basically been the closest thing to Felix Bautista, just not as high of a strikeout rate this year. And because he's a closer on a team that's got a winning record, I think Estevez is going to be in there. Emmanuel Classe has been a little bit down this year, but he leads the American League in saves with 20, and he's kind of known as one of the best relievers in baseball. I feel like Classe is probably going to get one of those spots. So there's three of them with Bautista, Estevez, and Classe. And then I think you got four more guys who are kind of right up there. You've got Jordan Romano, who's been good for the Blue Jays. You got Aroldis Chapman, who's kind of turned it back around with the Royals as a setup man. You got Clay Holmes, who's been mostly the closer for the Yankees. And then you got Yenye Cano. And I just think that Cano, his numbers are better than basically everybody but Felix or Carlos Estevez. If you're looking at all the numbers combined, he's probably the third best reliever in the American League still. Now, not being a closer hurts him. But again, as I said, at least one or two non-closers generally make it. I don't think Cano's a lock. And he's still got to keep pitching well. And if he gives up a few more runs, you know, over the rest of this month, he could be in danger. But if he locks back in near what he looked like when he came up in April, I think he's going to make the All-Star team. And just what a story that would be to continue this Yenye Cano story. I would say right now, if it ended right now, Cano would have one of those six reliever spots. And I think the O's right now would have three All-Stars in Bautista, Cano, and Adley Rutschman. Now, the other guy to just shout out is Tyler Wells. He's not going to make the All-Star team. But he's got a 3.47 ERA. It's 15th among AL starters. His .91 whip is the lowest in all American League starting pitchers. That's why you bring him up here. He's just too far behind the other guys. Only about nine starting pitchers made the team last year. Sometimes some more get on the team because guys, you know, are injured or they just don't want to pitch or they pitched on Sunday, so they're not going to throw in the game. He's got a very outside chance if he pitches really, really well over his next few starts, but just wanted to shout him out because he does have the best whip and he's had a good year. It's just probably not going to happen for Tyler Wells. But I would say right now, give me Rutschman, Locke, Bautista, Locke, and I think you'd probably get Cano. 
And then I think Austin Hayes has the best shot to play his way in, and, and Mullins and, and Wells maybe two, maybe could get in there. I mean, maybe they have six. I would guess three at this point for Orioles 2023 All-Stars. But if you notice, two out of those three guys coming out of the Orioles' bullpen, that's kind of how it was in the Buck Showalter years for a while. I mean, you had Darren O'Day and Brad Brock make the All-Star team along with Jim Johnson and, and you know Zach Britton multiple times. They've gotten a lot of relievers to the game. They got Jorge Lopez there last year as the Orioles' only representative because he was so great last season. And the Orioles could have two relievers this year because the bullpen's been good. So coming up next to finish off the pod, another edition of the Bullpen Trust Power Rankings, who I trust, who I maybe trust, and who I don't trust right here, right now, in the Orioles' bullpen. So we will finish things up with the Orioles bullpen trust rankings here in a second. But we do know the Orioles are back to playing baseball tonight after the off day on Monday, after they had swept the Royals over the weekend, have now won four in a row. O's have a huge AL East series coming up. The Toronto Blue Jays come into town for three games starting tonight with a 7.05 p.m. Eastern time start. Chris Bassett. Who I wish was an Oriole, but he's a Blue Jay. The veteran right-hander has a 3.29 ERA on the season. He comes into Baltimore to pitch against the Orioles. Bassett, 70 strikeouts in 82 innings over his 13 starts so far this season. Of course, the Orioles swept the Blue Jays in Toronto last time they played them, but Bassett did not start in that series. His last start came on June 7th against the Astros. Eight innings, two runs, four hits, five Ks, and no walks. He's been really good in his two June starts. So we'll see if he can keep that up against the Orioles' offense. Dean Kramer will go for the O's in this one tonight. Kramer, who had just an amazing month of May. His ERA is now up to 4.89 in 13 starts. And that's because the last start wasn't very good. In Milwaukee last week, Kramer allowed six runs on nine hits over five innings. Hopefully he can pull it back together against this Blue Jay order in tonight's game one. Kramer in Toronto on May 21st. He was much better in that one. Five and a third, one run. He did give up nine hits, gave up a homer, but struck out seven and walked two. I'll take much more of that in tonight's game. And you can catch every pitch of the Orioles' hometown radio broadcast tonight at 7.05 p.m. Eastern Time with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Orioles. And we know if the Orioles are going to win another series against the Blue Jays, they swept them last time, I'd love to see them get two out of three here at home, that they're going to need the bullpen. It's been a huge part of the team this season. And I've done this a few times this year. Going to bring it back here at the end of the pod for the final segment. The Orioles' bullpen trust rankings. Who I trust who I maybe trust and who I don't trust right here, right now, on, as I record here, on the evening of Monday, June 12th, in the Orioles' pen. I've got four pitchers in the trust category. Give me Felix Bautista, easily, got to be an all-star, as I mentioned. Give me Yenye Cano, although it's been a little shaky at times lately, still trust him, probably be an all-star, give him to me. Give me Danny Coulomb, who isn't going to be an all-star, but is having an amazing year. Apparently, he was getting over a little bit of sickness. That's why he didn't pitch this weekend against the Royals, but the O's will need him against Toronto, so hopefully he is back and healthy. He's been great. And then a guy who hasn't made many appearances in the trust column this year, especially lately, Mike Bauman is into the trust column. Got some big outs in the series win over the Royals, pitching in two different games. The fastball's playing great. The curveball's playing off of that fastball. I am really impressed with what I'm seeing from Mike Bauman right now, and I got him in the trust category. Down to the maybe trust, I got two pitchers. One is Brian Baker. Baker has just had, 
a really weird time of it over the past couple of weeks. He's been up and down. The command has been shaky. In general, it's been okay. It is solid outing against the Royals this weekend. I just, I don't know. I think it only takes him a couple of games to get him right back into the trust category. And we know how good this stuff is for Baker and how good he can be. And I'm not thinking at all that he should be optioned or anything like that. But he's just not right now like the seventh inning guy. That guy is Danny Coulomb. And as we've seen recently, Mike Bauman has basically taken the spot that Brian Baker had earlier in the year where he's kind of the go-to right-hander before you get to Bautista and Cano. Coulomb's the go-to left-hander. Bauman is the go-to right-hander. But the other guy in the maybe-trust category is actually a lefty who's been in don't trust for a while, and that is CNL Perez. I'm still not convinced he's back to anything close to what he was in 2022. But the last time we saw him out there, he gave the Orioles a huge inning and two-thirds scoreless out of the bullpen last week. And I just think things are getting a little better. He's still on the low part of maybe trust, and he's just above the don't trust cutoff. He's nowhere close to being in the trust category. But I'm feeling better and better about him still being in the bullpen at this point. Would I rather see D.L. Hall in his spot? Absolutely yes right now. But if we're still going to have Cienal Perez there, at least I trust him a little bit more. And then I got two guys in the don't trust, although I'm not really hating on either of these guys right now. The two guys are Keegan Aiken and Austin Voth. Both of them have spent a lot of time in the don't trust column this year. Although Keegan Aiken, I mean, we just saw him pitch. He was the last Oriole pitcher we saw. Two and two-thirds scoreless to finish off the win Sunday against the Royals with one hit. Six Ks and no walks. That was pretty impressive. Now, Austin Voth, when we saw him on Saturday, didn't pitch super well, but he had some better outings last week that made me feel a little bit better about Voth. The stuff is there. Just he's off on command. The flip side for Aiken is the command's good. It's just, I don't know if the stuff's there. If you combine the two lefty-righty, you still have some sort of combo as kind of your long guys out of the bullpen, but they're in the don't trust. I wouldn't put him in a high leverage right now. But in terms of how bad the don't trust is, this is probably the highest floor that the Orioles' bullpen has had at any point this season. Now, I don't think it's the highest ceiling because Cano's not pitching at his best and Baker's not pitching at his best at this moment, but Perez has been better. And although Aiken and Voth are both in the don't trust, I'm not, like, bawling or trying to, you know, claw my eyes out when they come into the game. Like, I, I feel like they can get outs for the Orioles in not high-leverage spots, but a little bit of leverage. And that's a really good spot for the Orioles to have a deep bullpen right now without Dylan Tate, without Michael Givens, and, and without D.L. Hall in there. They're getting guys out, and it's impressive to, to watch the O's pen right now. But that'll do it pretty much for this episode. Again, Orioles and Blue Jays coming up tonight. But before we end the episode, again, you know, a lot of the times I'm thanking, you know, you all, the everydayers out there, right? Those who are, are with me either on YouTube or in audio every single day. And I thank you so much for making Locked on Orioles your first listen of the day. And I'm always push it, pushing the YouTube channel as well. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the Locked on Orioles YouTube channel. And I talked about how if I can get to 3,000 subscribers, do another giveaway here on the pod. Did one at 1,000, did one at 2,000. Well, on Monday, we hit 3,000 subscribers here on the Locked on Orioles YouTube channel. That's all thanks to you, the viewers, you, the listeners. I cannot thank you enough. You know, I've been doing this podcast for three and a half years now. And I'm so happy to see how it's grown. I've been able to connect with the Orioles community and, and develop a, a listenership here. And I hope you all enjoy the pod. I've enjoyed that, that you've been around for the ride here. So we're going to do another giveaway here on the pod. Now, two things you have to do. To get the giveaway. But first, let's tell you what it is. Now, this might seem a little repetitive because the first giveaway I did on this podcast, many of you weren't even here for this, when I got to 1,000, 
I gave away last year's Cedric Mullins 30-30 bobblehead. And here's the secret. I had multiple of them. And once again, for the prize right here, it will be the Cedric Mullins 30-30 bobblehead from the 2022 season. It's awesome. He's holding the bat. He's got the base. Bobblehead's in there, I promise. You're going to get the bobblehead. You can see it right here if you're watching on YouTube. But you got to do two things to enter to win. Number one, you must be subscribed to Locked On Orioles on YouTube. So if you haven't done that, go do it. Number two is you need to comment on any video this week. From now until the end of the week. Now, if you're listening to this now, might as well just go onto YouTube. Comment on the Tuesday video. And tell me in the comments, because, you know, we've been through this whole rebuild together, really, or most of this rebuild. At 3,000 subscribers now, it's been a ride. Some bad Orioles teams I was covering. When you look back on those terrible Orioles rebuild teams, give me one player that sticks out in your mind in a positive light. He can't be on the team anymore, but a guy from those, you know, 2017, mostly 2018, 2019, 20, and 21 Orioles that isn't here anymore, but really means something to you as an Orioles fan. Comment that player, subscribe to Locked on Orioles on YouTube, and you could be entered to win the Cedric Mullins 30-30 bobblehead. I will close out the entries on Friday evening. I will draw the winner over the weekend. And make sure you're listening to next Monday's episode when I will reveal the winner of the Cedric Mullins bobblehead. And if you do comment on YouTube, make sure to keep checking your YouTube comment because I will reply to the comment with who is the winner. So again, subscribe to the pod on YouTube. Tell me in the comments the player from the rebuild who's no longer here but who means the most to you as an Orioles fan and you could win the Cedric Mullins 30-30 bobblehead. But that'll do it for today's episode. I am back tomorrow recapping game one, the big ALE showdown, a team that we do not like around these parts. Orioles and Blue Jays, I'll recap game one on tomorrow's episode. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.